What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ash Show podcast. That's your name. You gave it. Yeah, it's the new name. You like it? Uh, the Ash Show? Yeah, it's for the queen. Yeah, I like it. Yeah? Why didn't we think of this sooner? Well, I think, I don't know. The Ash I, I kind of forgot we didn't have a name for like two weeks. Me too. So yeah, we have yet to. We're there now, and, uh,. Welcome. The Ash Show. Yeah, while you're here, if you don't mind, subscribe, rate, leave a comment. All those things would be wonderful, and we would appreciate them. Until then, now we got some... uh, TLC, baby. TLC. We just got done watching it. It's been a long Sunday night of some wrestling. A long night. Man, and it... Shall I haven't... Yeah, we can jump into it. I wonder how enthusiastic we'll be because we haven't seen anything good for like an hour. An hour? It's been like an hour since there was something on the TV that we were like interested uh, in. Oh, the Daniel Bryan thing? Right. Yeah, so. more on that. Oops, spoiler. Yeah, hey. Oops. Any, don't listen to that. Let's uh, get it. Okay, so shall we start with the pre-show? Uh, we see Humberto. Wait a minute. What? We didn't say who I am. Jared? Well... You have to read what's written on the card, like every good ring announcer. What? So, if you don't mind giving, I gave you an intro. So, would you? Do you mind? You want to read that? Yeah, it's, it's for my gimmick. Okay. All right, here you go. Just read that real quick. What the hell? Just that top one. My co-host, the muscle, the hustle, the power, and the glory. He doesn't care if the express is at midnight or playing rock and roll. He just loves a good train. Jared. Thank you. You could work on that. That'd be... (laughs) You're so stupid. That'd be great. So anyway, yeah, let's get it. Pre-show. Okay, we see Humberto Carrillo take on Andrade... And it looks like during this, Andrade had a really nasty cut by his eye. I only really mention this match because Humberto Carrillo beat Andrade once again. He beat him last week on Raw, and then there seemed to be more dissension between Andrade and Zelina Vega. So, I don't know. Are they teasing a split, or what's going on? I don't know. Imagine being in a situation where you need your next Spanish star. You give Rey Mysterio a United States title that he really doesn't deserve. You push Humberto, and all the while you have Andrade. He's the guy. Yeah, no, I thought they were supposed to push him. I guess because he's a heel and it's working, they won't. But that's your superstar out of this group. I hope they don't split up Zelina and Andrade, honestly, because they work so well together. I think that'd be a mistake as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, shall we get on to... Oh, one thing about the pre-show. What? So, I was watching uh, earlier, and Booker T's got this new thing now where, like, he doesn't even know where he's at. He's just talking. Because <laughs> he's got a podcast. Yeah. He's on these pre-shows. He's got the Fox show. Backstage. So at this point, he's, he was like talking about something. He was he just, he just literally goes, a rumba dumba jing dong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And nobody knew what he was saying. Well, I don't think many people were watching. Well, you know, a rumba dumba jing dong. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the main show. Kicking off with the New Day versus The Revival for the Smack down tag titles now 
This is a ladder match, which I, did, I had no idea it was a ladder match. Didn't either. I don't know if they advertised that or... But at first, you see, it was going to be my bathroom break match because everybody knows how I feel about the revival. Um, and a lot of people don't understand, but, I mean, that's just my <coughs> overrated opinion. So, through this match, Kofi did some cool reversals throughout, but according to Michael Cole, the revival were destroying the New Day. Michael Cole had some moments tonight, man. He had a we're lot gonna, to say. We're going to go over some of those tonight. Uh, there was also a really cool part where Big E speared Dash Wilder through the ropes and onto the mat outside of the ring. Big E also, let's talk about that ladder spot that Big E got would you say got put through or yeah it was kind of a gimmicky ladder they went for the back or yeah wasn't it a, no a suplex yeah. to get uh big e through the gimmicky ladder and it didn't break because his shoulder just kind of grazed it so they set him back up and hit a splash and then it finally broke yeah just a lot of moments like that tonight yeah throughout the night but typical ladder match for me the heels took over they usually separated the faces they would take on uh, the New Day one-on-one, and then the faces would get a little bit uh, of a comeback until finally the ending where everything kind of went down. But nothing particular that I can remember to say about this match. No, it ended with Scott Dawson going for the titles, but Kofi hitting him in the head, and then Scott Dawson falls off the ladder, and Kofi retrieves the titles. So, you know, we've seen a lot of ladder matches throughout our wrestling watching years. And this one, I would give it probably a six or six and a half out of ten. Yeah, it sounds pretty fair. It wasn't that great. I mean, if you missed it, you didn't miss much. Next, we have, this is a Jared match, Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. And I haven't been invested in this feud at all, really. Um... Alistair Black ends up getting a really bloody nose, and his nose is most likely broken. This match had lots and lots of kicks, and I'll let you speak on this more. Yeah, it was very uh, kickboxing-oriented. There was a lot of spots where, instead of working a body part, they were just working like the knockout punch. Right. It was pretty cool to see. Really awesome transition where there was a kick to the gut, a spinning kick to the gut, uh, knee stomp and then went for a big knee and then Alistair turns that into his finisher and it was just really quick paced the uh, the timing was good and the length of the match was pretty perfect I don't think it'll get talked about because there was no real story coming in other than somebody knocking on a door but <laughs> this was probably the highlight of the pay-per-view wait as far as match uh, quality what? match quality uh, okay. I'll let you have that then. Next, we have Bobby Lashley versus Rusev. Let's talk about their all segment before we get into the match. It was advertised as a divorce, right? Just the divorce? That's what they said. <laughs> so, it was a divorce signing segment, and Lana either couldn't walk in the hills she was wearing, or she was drunk, or both. And was Rusev wearing a Donald Duck shirt? No, Rusev was not wearing a Donald Duck shirt. He was wearing an amazing... Oh, wait. We're talking about Raw. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were talking about the day where he was wearing the Andre the Giant shirt. That was... Anybody got the peanut? (laughs) 
I think he was wearing a Donald Duck shirt. Yeah, so Rusev says he will sign the divorce papers if he gets a match with Bobby Lashley. Lashley comes out looking juiced and jacked. Also, I can't take Rusev serious wearing the t-shirt he was wearing. Um, tell me, tell them what you told me Rusev is starting to look like. Uh, oh, <laughs> like he's trying to sell you some uh, cell phone accessories in the mall. <laughs> Like, his hair is starting to thin out, and he's got some gray going, and he looks like all the spirit in his life is just drained out of him. Yeah, like in the blazers. Yeah, oh, they're so tacky. On TLC, I mean, we're not really going to go deep in this match. There's not much to there go was... deep into. The stupidest thing I've ever seen was on the pre-show, like the pre-match where they show something called TLC, oh, yeah. which was the voiceover, and it was done like TMZ. Yeah. Which I wonder if they worked backwards. Hey, I, I wonder. Like I wonder if somebody said, I have this cool idea where we can make it look like TMZ, and we'll call it TLC. And they were like, well, let's book a match around it, and then we got this abortion. So there was a spot where Rusev went to put Lashley through a table, but Lashley flipped the table upside down the last minute. Pretty clever. Um, and then Lashley also jumped over a table to avoid it and just showed his pure athleticism. Rusev went and picked up a steel barricade and hit Lashley in the head with it. Lashley then slammed Rusev in the steel barricade, and it bent in half. These guys are really good at throwing each other through everything but a table. At the end, Lana gets involved and distracts Rusev. Then Lashley spears Rusev, and the table does not break. So he had to slam him into the other table. Yep, just for the win. Just the perfect ending to this story. So the spear was supposed to break the table, right? I think the spear was supposed to break the table, but unfortunately the table was set up to where instead of leaning on the turnbuckle, the legs were stuck on the top rope. So Bobby Lashley was going to have to pick Rusev up and then fall forward, and he just missed. Gotcha. Yeah, so that was that. It looks sloppy. (laughs) Should we talk about... So, should we talk about what happened between Rollins and Kevin Owens? Since, I mean, we won't really be talking about last week's Raw. Yeah, because this is kind of the part of the pay-per-view where they did spend a little time on repackaging this. Yeah, so they recapped it where Rollins attacked Kevin Owens and aligned himself with AOP. Now, here is my problem. Why did they obviously tease this for a couple of weeks where you expect it or anticipate it instead of it just being a complete and utter surprise that Rollins attacks KO and turns heel? I I like that Rollins is heel now. Um, I like that he's with AOP. I don't like the way that it was executed. Yeah, like, this seems like a diet version of the Bret Hart heel turn (laughs) when he was against America in the crowd, right? So it was like, I'm not the bad guy. You guys are the bad guy. He even came out on his promo after the attack and was saying things like, hey guys, I tried. We used to be cool and something happened along the way and y'all wouldn't accept my word and my truth for being my truth and here we are now. But I agree with you. It just seemed lazy. I think I tweeted out our oh wow moment became a yeah duh moment. Mm -hmm. And it just, 
it's early, so I don't want to complain about it and say like, meh. But if this is the direction they're going to take, I'm already you're going to have to wow me now. You've you've already kind of slowed down the process of me being excited about this heel turn or Rollins and Owens. And I'm certainly not rooting for Owens now after everything. It's not like the t- like the tides changed and now I'm against Rollins and I want Owens to kick his ass, which is what you should be going for yeah. with this good guy, bad guy scenario. I'm just kind of meh about it. But how come? I don't know. Like, there's just, why Why would I want Owens to beat up Rollins? Do I even trust Kevin Owens? He's put me through a lot of things as a fan. Do I really care that somebody's treating him this way? Like, he's treated a lot of people this way. <laughs> I, it's just, why do I care? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think it'll get better. Um, I mean, anything is better than Rollins with a baby face. All right, let's talk about the Viking Raiders issuing their open challenge. I predicted and tweeted that I thought it would be the Usos coming to answer the challenge, but it was the OC. And they came out with their best tag team in the world trophy. Me and Jared weren't paying a lot of attention to this match because we had a roast cooking. And, uh, but yeah. There wasn't much to see anyway. I watched this match and it was. A typical eight-minute match with two guys or four guys that their style really doesn't work out too well. The one thing about this match that is uh, that you can remember is that it was brought to you by KFC, <laughs> yeah. and there was a table outside where four people were eating delicious family meals from KFC. KFC, please eat our chicken. That promo. So yeah, this was an hour into the pay-per-view and. Okay, let's not lie, it wasn't great, but the best matches are yet to be seen, or so... That's what you thought. That is what we thought. Or so we thought. That is what anybody thought. So, next we see Corbin versus Roman, and I want to talk about the go-home episode of SmackDown. We see Baron Corbin fight Kofi Kingston, which leads to none other than a tag match between Corbin and Ziggler versus Kofi and Big E. So it was a pretty long match on SmackDown, and afterwards they cuff Kofi and bring out the wet dog food, only to be interrupted by Roman, who punches the security guards and takes everyone out, and then puts Ziggler through the announce table. So after seeing this on the SmackDown Go Home show for TLC, I thought that, you know, seeing everything, the feud that they built up with this was pretty good, because it has been going on for quite some time, and they had animosity towards each other at Survivor Series and then all of the dog references were funny to me. The dog food spot and CM Punk even said this on backstage. I don't know if you watched but the dog food they poured on him was the icing on the cake because if you do that it just proves like you're the ultimate bully heel and it's what dirty low life heels do. So believe it or not this is that was something CM Punk actually liked. Which nobody no, expects. I, I get like that eighties vibe of of this story. Yeah. But what doesn't make sense is that Ziggler joining Corbin in the first place just because he says he's the king. Like and I can get what else does Ziggler have to do? But just give me a reason to not do this right here where I'm like, this is 
just obviously made up. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It never did any. This never did anything for me, and I needed the match to be good, which I said they're both great workers. I expect it to be good. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was going to be good too. And like the feud really had Baron Corbin growing on me. I was not a fan at all, but after seeing him in this feud, he kind of has carried this feud in my opinion, um, with, like, his promos and everything. And then his matches aren't that bad. I mean, he's a decent worker. You did the best with what you've been given, boy. Yeah, so now on to TLC. So a bunch of men go up to Roman. He is, what, like, Corbin's security guards? That's what they said. Which I hated that. That was the worst part of the entire match. Um, also, do better at hiring security guards. <laughs> These guys were <laughs> right? 5'9", 145 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we immediately have action outside the ring with Roman came out looking mad as hell, rightfully so. Corbin ends up hitting Roman with a can of dog food and sends him through a table. And like I said, we have a lot of Michael Cole commentary. And this was a real question. He asked, will the can knock off Roman Reigns? As Roman's getting pinned yeah. and the referee's counting, Michael Cole says, will the can knock off Roman Reigns? <laughs> Yeah, that really got me. Uh, so Corbin ends up on the announce table going for a power bomb, but Roman reverses and gives Corbin a Samoan drop through the other announce table. So the crowd at this point, they're really trying to get them holy shit chants going, but we're in Minneapolis. Don't forget. It's not only that. What? Was that a hill thing to say? No, because... Everybody... Shit on Minneapolis. Well, it's easy to shit on. <laughs> But the thing is, like, we've seen all these spots. And these were all safe spots. Right. It was, hey, we're going to take a bump on the announce table. That does nothing for me anymore. Because that announce table is so fabricated to look like a safety feature. Like, when you take a bump, there's a huge pad. It just kind of falls apart like a box, like a Lego table or something. It just doesn't do any. There's not that crackle of the wood anymore, and you don't see like the the edges of the table. So the 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 set that they kind of pulled off, and the spots that were setting up never like oh gave me any kind of reaction. I mean, yeah, I agree. But what else could they do? There's only so much you can do. That's not a repeat. No, I mean, I hear... No, nah, that's not true. That's not true. What? You can come up with something. Go watch shit from Japan. Go watch shit from any other... Like, you can come up with something that people haven't seen. They do it all the time. Okay. But but now you can't. And, like, they'll, they'll just call straight up. They'll be like, table spot. We'll use the announce table. That's just... For me, when somebody goes to the announce table, it doesn't mean anything anymore. When I first started watching wrestling, that meant, like, it was over. You went through a table, you're done. It's just been done so many times, and that table just looks so comfortable that it doesn't do anything for me. So Roman then goes for a spear outside the ring, but Ziggler comes... Hey, y'all are going to have to cut that out. It's a terrible time for a match. My dogs are wrestling right now. They're actually performing better than this match. <laughs> okay. Where was I? So, yeah... 
So yeah, Ziggler comes out from under the ring as Roman is running, by the way, and takes yeah, him out. Yeah, he's going to do the drive-by. He runs <laughs> all the way around the ring, and Ziggler pops up and hits a super kick. Yeah. Which, so. can we have Jared's kayfabe moment of the week? What? What was he doing under the ring all the, <laughs> da- the whole damn night? It was a TLC, or it was like a anything goes match, right? Yeah. So he could have just helped Baron as soon as the match started. Right, which is like the little shit. And he just comes out from under nowhere. But he just pops up out of nowhere. And instead of saying anything about it, they're just like, oh, there he is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh so then wait, it gets worse. There's more. Yeah, there, yeah it, it gets way worse. The revival come out and start attacking Roman. To the, the question I had, why? Well, because Corbin and Ziggler like had talked to them last week on SmackDown about help, you know. But why do it? You just went through a battle with right. you lost a match. I guess they really look up to King Corbin. Oh I don't my know. Jesus. So, yeah, the crowd really gave zero fucks about this, too, but can't blame them. It was just so long, too. Yeah, it was. Like, nothing happened in the in-between to make you keep your attention to it. And bless this crowd's heart. Yeah. Man, they went through it tonight. Okay, so then Roman dives and takes out about ten people, and we have Michael Cole. Oh, yeah, more security just came out of nowhere. Forgot about that. Michael Cole was fanboying hard for Roman at this point. He really was. Yeah. uh, Like, every time he would kick out, he would act like (laughs) it was Jesus coming out of the the tomb. And, like, every time he would hit an attack, he was just like, unbelievable power. (laughs) We got some, like, 91 Vince McMahon calls from Michael Cole tonight. For sure. Uh, So Ziggler then takes out Roman with a chair. Baron Corbin gives Roman an end of days on the chair and pins him. And then Michael Cole is really disgusted. Uh, So this match... I I think he actually, he was like, this is disgusting. No, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like, this is how how disgusting. He did. Bless him. So yeah, the match, I would give a 6 out of 10. You're fair. Yeah, that's generous. Okay, shall we talk about the best? You do. You wouldn't say match, right? But the best part of the night, I'll say, Miz versus Bray Wyatt. So let's recap SmackDown. What happened for the Go Home Show? We see Renee Young interview the Miz from his home, and Jared has a lot to say about this. He says he still hasn't seen or heard from Daniel Bryan, and Renee asks Miz why all of a sudden he cares about the well-being of the Miz. Miz says he respects Bryan, and it's finally time for the Miz to do the right thing. So I like that they finally address why Miz cares all of a sudden, because that was a piece of the puzzle that was missing for me. So I'm glad that they finally addressed that. Renee asks Miz if he is afraid of his match with Bray Wyatt at TLC, and then all of a sudden we hear Maurice screaming, and there's video of one of Miz's daughters playing with the characters from the Firefly Funhouse. So Miz and Maurice race up what seems like a million stairs. There is a doll in her crib with its face painted like the fiend. So then Maurice and Miz freak out and kick out the camera crew. Now, I thought this was a cool and unique way to build their match, especially for the go-home show. Jared, on the other hand, tell them what you thought. 
I was so. fine with it. Like, I don't want it to come off like I didn't like it. But I just felt like you got to go one way or the other with it. So, the Miz thing, the home interview, all that's great. When she screamed, I was fine with that. When she screamed. When Maurice screamed, like she was screaming. You really just said screamed? My bad. Screamed? So when she screamed. You really just said screamed? Calm down. You've made... That's not a word. You didn't know what apropos was. You thought I made that word up. I still don't. What is it? (sighs) Exactly. This this conversation is apropos. (laughs) That's what apropos is. So when she screamed, I was fine with that. And then the Miz comes in, and she's got her tablet, and they're watching their baby play in her crib, and then Bray Wyatt shows up and says, let me in, and then disappears. Yeah. I hated that. You lost me right there. If she would have just screamed, like, had it out, he would have got up, ran to the bedroom, and the toys were in the crib, and she was holding one and saying, these weren't here Two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. These just showed up out of nowhere. I would have been fine with it. Another thing I didn't like about it. Would you have thought, for example, the Blair Witch movie was good if they used camera shots instead of a held handheld camera? No. All right. So with this interview, when they were running to the baby's room, there were nine, count them, nine camera cuts from them getting up and running to her baby's room they even had a camera set up on a floor where you could see Maurice's and Ms's feet running while they were running down the hallway it just was super overproduced don't care no it was dumb it was pieced together and edited together in a way that killed any momentum that it could have had and it could have been really really good i have a good defense there could have been a camera crew already there to film ms and maurice that's fine but to then say like hey look at this this footage oh look at their feet running by we've got to get that fucking shot in this (laughs) in in for friday we have got to show what shoes she was wearing and how serious she was when she were taking those steps okay bullshit okay well Let's get to the match. And we were all very curious as to how Bray Wyatt would come out since it's him advertised instead of The Fiend. But we see the Firefly Funhouse song and all the bright characters in the blue and the lovely Firefly Funhouse font. And Bray comes out extra happy and in his show attire, which I liked. He really plays this role so well. He was smiling the whole time and taking selfies with the fan. And it actually finally woke up the crowd. And the crowd started chanting, Yowie Wowie. So, on to the match. Bray doesn't fight back at first, which I liked. But then he got mad and eventually started fighting back Miz. Um... Jared, do you want to talk about Miz's new move we saw tonight? Oh, man. Okay. So, and I know what they were doing. They were doing the setup to where we're going to injure him. But this went so... It was so bad. All right. So, they did Pentagon's arm breaker. The setup with the hook in the arm in the back, standing on the right arm, picking up the left arm, and you fall back and take a bump. And it makes it look like you break the arm. Now, what that move's supposed to do is hyperextend the elbow and snap the arm, mm-hmm. right? So, first of all, them using that is kind of funny to me. 
I don't know if it's taking a jab, and I doubt it. It is a very unique move to say we're specific. Mac, are you rubbing one out, bud? Oh my god. It is a move to specifically target a spot and say, like, oh, that's an obvious injury and to sell it. Then, <laughs> then, <laughs> then Bray Wyatt runs outside and runs into the barricade multiple times. <laughs> My dog is scratching his ear. He's the worst. The worst. Mac. So then Bray runs outside, hits the barricade multiple times, and they say, oh, he separated his shoulder and he's putting it back in place. Well, the finisher, the submission, or the, excuse me, the move was set up to dislocate around the elbow joint, not the shoulder. Uh So none of that made any sense in this kayfabe world I try to live in. Well, I mean, I didn't notice, so... So, it seemed like Miz was getting a lot of offense in, but then momentum shifts after Bray gets in a sister, Abigail, and then after that, Bray starts smiling again. He then gives Miz another sister, Abigail, in the ring and wins. So... For a note, just now that this is over... Just a note, now that this is over, Bray was acting completely different than any Bray we've ever seen tonight. He was coming out. He was shaking hands. He was taking selfies with the crowd. Yeah. He was telling Corey Graves he was very excited about tonight. He would apologize to Miz as he was hurting him. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool new little things like that. Bray plays this character so perfectly. So, afterwards, the Fiend appears on the Titan Tron and Bray says, okay, I'll do it. And he pulled out a giant mallet. But then the lights go down and Bray gets really excited because I guess he thinks the Fiend is here. So, the lights go down and we see Daniel Bryan appear and he's wearing a hoodie. He hits Bray Wyatt with a running knee. Oh, you're doing a terrible job. Me? Yeah. Why? Because it's not only the hoodie he's wearing, it's how it's being worn. It was a maroon hoodie. The hood was up, the zipper all the way up. Do you not understand this reference? The American is Dragon is back. Well, yeah, the, whenever he revealed himself and revealed his haircut, that was a really cool moment. The hair is cut, the beard is gone. He looks like 20 years ago when he was in Ring of Honor and people were screaming, you're going to get your fucking head kicked off. That's amazing. So the crowd is on fire and Daniel starts the yes kicks and goes to hit Wyatt, but the lights go out and Bray disappears. So that was the best segment of the night, hands down. Kayfabe question of the night number two. What? What were Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan doing under the ring all night? (laughs) (laughs) Just chilling? Eating some dog food? That's a good question. We ever find out whose arm that was? Dolph Ziggler did used to date Nikki Bella. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they were just talking about sex with Nikki Bella. Oh, my gosh. So, this is another question. Do Bree and Birdie get involved? They have to, right? I, that would, that be, would good. be cool. Yeah, huh? I'd be okay with that. I would love if Bree and Brady got involved with the the Daniel Bryan fiend. Like I don't, I'm not 
bitching about them going crazy on storylines. Yeah. It's the editing and the video and the shit like that that drives me crazy. Right. It's like the little bit. It's never the storyline going way too crazy. Even with the Lashley thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it. It was just done poorly. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Shall we get to the main events for the women's tag titles? If we have to. Jared. Hey, I think you have a problem with women winning uh, matches. No, and you know you my You didn't love. watch this. You didn't pay attention to the Survivor Series triple threat, which I admit that one was pretty shitty. Actually, so was this one. Ugh. It just I was. Wanted it, I wanted it to be I so good. I agree with you. I, I totally it, agree with I you. I wanted it to be match of the night. Hell, I wanted it to be match of the freaking year. But it was just all over the place. And I mean all over the place. Um, so let's talk about the go-home raw. So we see Charlotte ask Becky for her help to defeat the Kabuki Warriors. Um, at first, Becky declines, but then after her two-on-one handicap match where she was put through a table after Carrie Sane dropped the elbow to her, she told Charlotte she accepts. So I just want to say... Like that moment on Batman versus Superman where they both realize their mother's name is Martha. And they're like, we need to be on teams. We've been fighting each other for so long. I've never watched that movie. Spoiler alert. Don't watch it. It's terrible. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. On Raw, after Becky was put through the table, she no-sold the shit out of that. And, I mean, I guess you could say it's... I mean... A little Road Warrior Hawk-like. Yeah, she kind of got hit with it. She just got up. And, on her face and then stood up and, like, held her head and rubbed her bobos and was like, oh. Yeah. Scoff. Backstage, the Kabuki Warriors attack Charlotte from behind with steel chairs as they laugh and cackle. I love it when they laugh like that after they do some heel shit. It just adds so much to their character. Also, the Kabuki Warriors finally got new music instead of that shitty mashup of their themes. It's still racist music. (laughs) We're not going into that. And I edited out the part when you said they don't the Spanish wrestlers. They just tell them to speak Spanish if they don't know what else to but say. But then they continue to do it. I don't even think you should leave that out. They are straight up just like, hey, you're not a real good promo. Just speak Spanish. We're going to assume 80% of our customers don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> and after you say it, hopefully people will pop for you. So, as we all know, I am a huge Becky fan, and I actually met her at the nail salon. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she was the sweetest. She took a picture with me, and she was the sweetest ever. But, you know. Cool. Look, nobody's nobody's doubting. I touched her. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Nobody's doubting the talent of any of the people in this match. Right. Nobody. But. The first half of this match... I'll, no, but, okay, all I'm saying before we get into the match is that I did not want I, to see... That I did meet Becky Lynch. Yeah, that, <laughs> and I did not want to see the Kabuki Warriors lose the titles because their run has been really good, and not that it's too soon for them to lose the titles. No doubt. Totally agree with you. And the only way we were talking about if they did, we would have this... The same thing we always see where, like, if the challenger for the title... And the champion are tag team champions. What happens? We just got that with Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins not too long ago. Uh, for like a week. Right. So like we're good on that. I'm glad 
they didn't go that route. I mean, I thought they would just to have that on Charlotte and Becky's resumes that they a tag. They want a tag title, right. but so this match kind of got started hot and heavy and randomly, and then there was a spot where there was ropes involved and kendo sticks and there was a ton of stuff outside there was some stuff to the tables none of it big right Right. like a lot of it setting up processes but nothing that really wowed you or took anybody out of the match at this point and about eight minutes to ten minutes into it it got weird yeah so so the Kabuki Warriors ended up tying Becky to one of the ladders, which was I thought that was a cool thing. I've know? never seen that. I don't think. Right, that was one of my favorite parts. Um, so now it's basically two on one with the Kabuki Warriors beating up Charlotte. They then go for the titles, but they take way too much time, and Charlotte comes in with a kendo stick. <laughs> Becky untap. Well, Charlotte goes and loosens the rope. Right, then gets taken out. But Becky unties herself, and she is enraged, and her hair is crazy. So Becky then does a leg drop on Asuka through the table, which you said that would happen. Carrie Sane drops an elbow on Charlotte and Becky on a table, and this spot was awkward. Um, This is where I truly feel like something. Do you want me to talk about that now, or do you want to talk about the match and then me go back over it? Well, this ain't the Carrie Sane getting... I think it is. No. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, okay. So you think this is where she got concussed? I do. I think Carrie went to the top. She went to drop the elbow. They moved the camera really quick. It was an awkward sound. So she was on the ring apron, not on the rope. Right. And then she jumped, and they moved the camera, and all we see after that is her and Becky on the table and Charlotte on the ground. Yeah. And we heard a thump. Right. And I think she hit her head right there. Okay, and I don't yeah. even know what that spot was supposed to be. I have no idea. Yeah, you could be right. Um, yeah, it was an awkward spot. Charlotte then slams Carrie Sane through a table. And I mean slams her. And look, this is how this was set up. Charlotte goes and grabs Carrie. And you, I specifically was looking at her face. And she was just lost. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell, anytime they go to pick somebody up by the hair, mm-hmm. and they go close to their head to try to pick them up, like they're using their momentum, yeah. they're, com- they're communicating. Right. So, Charlotte goes down, she communicates something. Here we have a language barrier problem. So, now we have somebody that has a concussion and a language barrier problem, and Charlotte goes, and I guess she says, powerbomb through the table, and... Poor Carrie Zane, she has no idea where she's at. Right. Charlotte picks her up. Carrie doesn't lift up for the power bomb. She sandbags her, and Charlotte has to just muscle her all the way to the top, mm-hmm. and then drop her into the table. Yeah, she. Yeah. And before that, they were setting up for the spear spot. I don't know if you wrote if you talked about that. No. Okay, so before this even got set up. Uh, Charlotte was on the left side of the ring. Carrie gets off the table that I think she just got a concussion from, walks over toward the timekeepers area. Charlotte was supposed to hit the spear through the timekeepers area, Mm -hmm. but Carrie was out of it. And Charlotte goes for a spear and just kind of runs into her. Yeah, yeah, that did look awkward you could tell right then something's wrong I know what you're talking about now yeah so okay we don't know for sure if Carrie has a concussion um, but 
I'm 99% positive <laughs> she has a concussion. I just saw it in her eyes. I've had one. I've seen that look. That's She had a concussion. It's pretty clear she's not in her right mind. Um, I'll, there's another spot right after this where they start getting into the ring. and uh, She's just very like her Oscar, Oscar goes and talks to her. and you can t- she, Oscar throws all the things on Charlotte and Becky. Tables, chairs, kendo sticks, ladders, everything. She just stacks it on top of her. Yeah. And she goes and talks to Carrie. And you can tell that she's like, I've got you. Just follow me. So they put the ladder in the ring. Oscar goes up. She says, Carrie, you just stand here and you watch. Mm-hmm. Make sure nobody comes and gets us. And Michael Cole or whoever is on the mic goes, uh, oh, she's she's guarding. She's guarding the ladder. And then Becky and Charlotte come in with chairs. And Carrie's saying, literally just runs away. Like she was scared. Yeah. If you watch. And I think truly in her head, she probably was scared. Because when you get a concussion like that, you don't know what's going on. You're out of it. And I think she was kind of just like out completely. So Becky goes over to her, hits her with a chair, rolls her outside. That's the last you see of her. And I don't. I think Becky just probably told her stop, just sit. And Man, we'll you are finish. Alex Jones in some shit. No, today. I watched the whole thing because to me, this was the most compelling part of the match. Yeah, I mean, I hope she's okay. Prayers me too. to. It, it looked bad. Like she didn't know where she was. Prayers to Carrie Sane. So, okay, I forgot. Like, where are we even at? Okay, after the slam through the table. Oscar buries Charlotte and Becky under the ladders and tables, but then, oh wait, you know, we need a ladder to actually get the titles. So she had to take it off of Charlotte. So Becky and Charlotte then come into the ring with chairs, and then we hear the crowd start to boo a little bit. Um, Oscar then slams Charlotte and sends her through a table. And did you see this where it looked like Charlotte hit her head? Yeah, Kinda I think Charlotte's the- beat up in this too. Yeah, for sure. Carrie Sane looks like... Okay. Uh, all right, we already talked about that. So Becky then goes for the titles, and Asuka pulls the ladder with the rope and then retrieves the titles. I think the rope spot was supposed to be the finish. Uh-huh. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, but I guarantee you that whatever we saw in the last like five minutes of this was not what we were supposed to see. I think Charlotte and... Sane both had some sort of injury that we just had to go home real quick because it really it looked even worse and like you were saying the booze were starting to come in mm-hmm. and excuse me and uh you really as a if you didn't know like if you could not tell that and you probably couldn't tell that Sane was hurt because she was still getting up and doing stuff but she was moving very like her body felt like jello right if you picked up on it then you probably knew yeah. why this match sucked if you didn't pick up on it you're probably like what the hell was that yeah so yeah that was the end of that yeah so we get no music we get no replays yeah we jump immediately into a brawl <laughs> that the smackdown faces and heels are having <laughs> They, the security guards are still there. Yeah. They've been literally been getting their ass kicked for an hour and 15 minutes at this point, which sets up Roman and Corbin going to the top of one of the ramp areas and spearing, uh, Roman spearing Corbin off the ramp onto 20 people in the safest spot ever that they want us to go, oh shit, over. And it's like, 
whoop de doo. That's it. You can see that kind of a move at a Slipknot concert when somebody <laughs> goes and crowd moshes. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know what that's all about, but that wraps it up for TLC. I will say this. This pay-per-view sucked. sucked. But what I tell you earlier, this pay-per-view always sucks. Everybody's always mad before Royal Dude, before the Royal Rumble, every December people are like, This shit sucks. And then somebody'll win the Royal Rumble that they don't like and then they'll be like, Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and then by WrestleMania everybody's watching it. Oh my god, it yeah. was so great. Right. And then a shitty summer. <laughs> yep. And then back to the shit. Yep. Yeah. It's the it's what we do every year. <clears throat> so what did you give this pay per view? Out of a ten? Right. So Survivor series I gave a nine and a half. Just and to, rightfully so. For comparison. We were talking about it being pay per view of the year. Survivor yeah, Survivor Series. Uh TLC I give a five out of ten. I'm going four. I don't want average because I would tell people to watch average. I would not recommend people spend three hours to watch this. And I just want to give a shout out to poor Bailey. She didn't even get to defend her SmackDown Women's title. Where's so, Bailey? Where's Seth? Where's the AOP? Well, I understand the Seth AOP thing. I don't. Don't get me wrong. Another thing, where's AJ? Where's Orton? Didn't get... How many title matches do we have tonight? Like two? Three? Three. Three. And you have 48 belts. We have yet to see... Nakamura don't even have an Intercontinental title storyline. Even though he just got a new Intercontinental title. So... Yeah. Uh, pretty boo-boo, but... We got some work to do, E. It's about to be Rumble. We're going to be building for that. It's the best time of the year. Me and Jared still don't know if we are going to go to that show. It's in Houston, which is only like a three-hour drive for us. But, I mean, if, if the card starts building and looking good, I might lean towards going. But if it ain't worth... The only reason we're thinking about going is because I've never been to a Rumble. Right. And Rumble is... Some, if you're a wrestling fan, it is something You gotta every, go to a Mania. You gotta go to a Rumble. Exactly. Every wrestling fan should experience a Rumble. It's so fun. That was actually one of the Q&A questions we had. Uh, our favorite live event we've ever attended. And we're going to answer that on a dedicated Q&A show. And we're also going to talk about the product a little bit more, what's going on. This will so, be a little bit more personal of a podcast right. versus going over some news. Exactly. So be on the lookout for that. And if we don't talk to you before Christmas, we hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, all that jazz. And don't forget... Our name is The Ash Show. The Ash Show. Please rate. Please leave a comment if you don't mind. Thanks for being here. Five stars.